0: Good morning, and welcome to this week's Public Affairs Program. I'm Jay Zimmer in the newsroom. This week, we hear about an organization known as Youth First,
1: I want to introduce you first to Youth First Mission. Um, It is to strengthen youth and families by providing evidence-based programs that promote mental health, prevent substance misuse, and maximize student success. That's kind of a long way of saying we want to strengthen the mental health and well-being of young people and families uh, across our footprint. Our vision and key strategy is to create a system of care for kids across a region. And Dr. Wooten's vision was that every child should have access to these supports and it should be very accountable, equitable, um, something that all of us could benefit from that vision has come to pass. This is a photo with Dr. Wooten in the middle of our team uh, who are embedded in schools across our region. We call them specialized mentors for young people and prevention coaches for parents and teachers. They are all um, mental health professionals, licensed mental health professionals with master's degrees and they are working alongside um, their colleagues in school buildings to strengthen the mental health and well-being of young people. We are a data driven organization. As Dr. Wooten uh, founded us, he wanted to make sure we were accountable and we knew that we were actually making an impact. And so we collect the data on an annual basis and take a look at it closely to determine whether we are doing, we are carrying out our mission, how we're carrying out our mission, and if we need to make improvements. So the best practice in prevention is to deliver three tiers of prevention. Universal prevention at the top, which means everybody could benefit from a dose of prevention. It's the apple a day keeps the doctor away kind of prevention. It's a little bit of knowledge that can go a long way. Uh, the young people you saw today are are demonstrating that they have some great skill sets, and those skill sets are what we call um, protective factors, things that will carry them through school and through life and help them stay on a healthy, productive path. So everybody could benefit from a little skill building, right? We also do small group Work And that is identifying groups of kids who may have some common concerns, some things that they're dealing with that they could benefit from some peer support, but also a wise uh, uh, adult facilitator in the room to help guide them. And we do that, what we call selective tier or mid-tier work. And then finally, we're doing indicated work, which is the one-to-one support for young people who need ongoing connection to a clinical, clinically trained individual to provide them with the support they need to be able to remain um, in school and advancing in school. So, across those three tiers, we reached 22,000 plus students last year with classroom presentations. Uh, We did a lot of professional development for teachers, too. We're helping guide them in terms of identifying signs and symptoms of suicide, for instance, or to help de-stress educators because when the adults in the room are stressed, it it impacts the kids. So, we want to help them as well. We supported 944 students in small group sessions, did a lot of teacher staff consultations, made referrals to community resources, many of them for basic needs like food, clothing, utility assistance, but a lot of them were for mental health concerns and we work very hard to get families connected to the resources that they need. conducted or were involved in 15,000-plus parent consultations, so it's really important for us when we're serving the kids to also engage the parents and caregivers. They are the most important adult in a child's life, and we're coming alongside them to help strengthen their ability to uh, support their child and also their family. We were involved in 14,000 immediate need interventions, and that means... The things that just pop up in a school day. And I know the educators in the room appreciate that things pop up every day <laughs> in a school building. And we, our team is called in to support perhaps a child who's come to school um, with some emotional um some behavior or emotional feeling that is hard for them to concentrate in the classroom. So our team will be called in to support that child so they can get back to learning as soon as possible. We are also involved in crisis interventions, 530 across our footprint last year. Those are defined as life-threatening situations. Almost all of them were for thoughts of suicide. I will say there's some good news in that number in that that number is about the same as it was the prior year. And we did see um, the concerns about suicide jump up post COVID. So the fact that it was flat from last year from the prior year to last year is perhaps some good news. Also, it may be an indication that kids know there's somebody in the building ready to support them through whatever's going on, and hopefully we're getting to these issues before they become a crisis. And then finally, we supported 3,900 students on an, in an individual one-to-one way um, across the school year. And you'll look in the bottom there. It says there were 47,663 individual or family sessions conducted last school year across our footprint. That was in 105 schools. Can you imagine what it would cost if somebody had to go To a mental health provider for 47,663 sessions. That's millions of dollars in support given to young people and their families free of charge, thanks to the people who support Youth First. It's very significant, the economic impact that we're having. We know a lot about who referred us to, who referred the student to Youth First. Primarily, teachers, administrators or parents and caregivers, and the fact that parents and caregivers are referring their own children to our support is fantastic news. They're recognizing that a little extra support for a young person can go a long way, and they can't do it alone. We even have students who self-refer or refer friends, and that says a lot about the trust they have in the Youth First mental health professional in their building, that they would encourage somebody else to take advantage of the service. We also know the reason for referral. 41% were for mental health concerns, followed by academic concerns, home life concerns, uh, social support needs. So there's a variety of reasons, but um, now more than ever, it really is connected a lot to mental health needs. We know a lot about the young people who are on our caseload, and 93% of the seniors on the caseload had college or career plans. So we know how important that is. Employers in the room, I know, appreciate the things that we're doing are what you need for your workforce. These are the people you're looking for you're looking for to fill all of those open positions <laughs> that we have. Can they show up for work? Can they um, follow through on their obligations? Can they remain healthy and focused on a future, a positive future? This is what Youth First is building among the young people we serve. We also look at kids who have grade problems, discipline problems, or attendance problems, and we see a great uh, improvement in the in their um, in those areas of concern we offer some programs that make a significant difference in a young person's life the reconnecting youth program is for high school students it's a semester-long class that helps young people who are at risk for dropping out get back connected to school and focus on a positive healthy future we have some programs that teachers deliver al's pals uses puppets to teach Uh, some of those great social skills to young people in kindergarten, first grade, and life skills training is another program that um, runs at different grade levels that builds skills in young people. It may be um, communication skills or viewing media with a critical eye or understanding the dangers of vaping or um, uh, recognizing that there are risks to using screens too often, too frequently, right? Um, so those are the kinds of life skills that at a very young age we can teach young people. We even do a program for expectant parents to help them get prepared for the their arrival of a newborn. And it's not about um, changing diapers or, or um, how to feed the child. It's about how the parents can be prepared socially and emotionally to raise a child in a conflict-free home. That's so important. And we do a program that's for parents and kids, and it builds skills in the kids, builds skills in the parents, creates a stronger family bond, and that's a 10-week session program which we even do a Spanish language version, which that's a photo from our Spanish language version. These are nationally recognized programs that have a great deal of research behind them that, share, that um, show that you can make a real difference in the lives of young people when you do them right, and Youth First is very committed to doing them right. Here's a look at our growth, and this is what I really want to share with you as we reflect on our 25 years. When Dr. Wooten imagined an organization that could do this meaningful work, he never imagined the scope of this work, I don't believe. Did you? No. (laughs) Um, But this is just our growth trajectory in 10 years. Since uh, uh, 2013, the number of school corporation partners we had 10 years ago were nine, and the number of counties we were in were four. Today, we have 25 school corporation partners, and we're in 14 counties with our programs and services. It's phenomenal, and you'll notice the growth started really before COVID. It was starting to spike. Really, a lot of that was around concerns around the opioid crisis, but then COVID hit, and that we just all recognize how vulnerable uh, things are right now for kids and families. And so we get a lot of school corporations coming to us and asking us to join them and support their students and parents. We we do our best to say yes, um, but we have a lot of factors to consider. We have our own talent pipeline that is a challenge right now with master's mental health professionals, and of course we've always got to make sure we have the funding to be able to initiate these programs. This is our growth in school buildings. We've gone from 40 10 years ago to 125 plus with our programs and services. And this is how we fund it. It's really three buckets. Uh, This year our budget is $9.3 million. Our school partners pay a fee for Youth First to be a part of their school community and provide support, which is so fantastic that they are stakeholders in this work. They pay a very affordable fee. We have government grants and contracts from the state of Indiana that those have allowed us to scale the last few years. With some very significant support from the state of Indiana, we're recognized as a vital partner Um, by the state. And then we have private donors and those private dollars make all the difference. When we are fundraising, we are fundraising in the communities that we serve and keeping those funds in the communities that we serve. So when Jeremy is inviting a donor in Washington, Indiana to support our services, it's for Washington, Indiana schools. When we are inviting somebody in Newburg to support our services, we are supporting those services in Warwick County. So the the key here is that everybody is invested because we all benefit from this work. And now I'd just like to share with you a brief video where you'll hear for some, from some young people and a mom who benefited from Youth First services. This was. Um, Created for our 25th anniversary celebration this year.
2: Going into my freshman year, it was really hard to adjust from middle school to high school. I was dealing with anxiety and depression and also... freshman year it was really hard to adjust from middle school to high school. I was dealing with anxiety and depression and also ADHD that I just didn't know how to ask for help for and kind of refused to ask for help for. My sophomore year of high school I was struggling with a lot of different things. My parents had gotten a divorce. I had a lot of trouble adjusting to my new classroom. I needed some skills
0: to be able to parent a little bit better.
2: I had suffered from several concussions, which started to cause me to have panic attacks. I actually experienced panic attacks. I struggled with anxiety and depression all throughout high school. I didn't know who to communicate with. In
0: 1998, Dr. William Wooten and our original board of directors envisioned an organization that strengthened mental health and reduced substance misuse.
2: One of my friends talked me into talking to the Youth First counselor at our school. I first started seeing Miss Dassel my freshman year.
0: We were recommended the Family First program by a teacher.
2: When I started working with Christine Winesapple Hayden, who was our school's Youth First counselor, um, she taught me that what I was experiencing was anxiety, and it's something that a lot of people experience. I mean, without her, I, I don't think I would have been able to get through. 25
0: years later, we celebrate Youth First's silver anniversary, and all we have collectively accomplished Dr. Wooten's dream has been realized, and then some. The stories of these young people and families are proof of the positive impact Youth First has made in so many young people's lives. I think Youth First changes lives. It changed my life, it changed my boy's life. I'm glad that Youth First is here. I'm glad that the Family First program is still growing and thriving and I think it should be something that everybody gets to experience.
2: I always knew I had an unconventional path, but I think Miss Dassel just really helped Me. me. I'm incredibly grateful to her. Now I live in kind of central Michigan in a town called Saginaw with my three pets and my girlfriend. I'm currently a sophomore at Purdue and I'm studying psychology and political science. I'm now 24 years old and I've since 2020 graduated from Indiana University with my bachelor's in public health.
0: Youth First's capacity to continue meeting the mission is only possible because of you, our steadfast supporters. With your support, we are prepared to continue to grow and thrive in the next 25 years.
2: Congratulations, Youth First, on 25 years. I want to wish Youth First, very happy 25th anniversary, and thank them and congratulate them for everything that they've done. Congratulations to Youth First on 25 years, helping kids reach their full potential.
0: Congratulations, Youth First. Thank you for making families stronger for 25 years.
1: Thank you. So many of you in the room are Youth First Supporters, and we're just so grateful for the way in which you have stepped up for these young people. Many of you have been with us, like Christy, for a long, long time, and those young people in this video have you to thank for their ability to go on to lead uh, successful and productive and healthy lives. So thank you all for getting behind Youth First and helping make a difference in the lives of young people. (laughs) Even if the microphone doesn't work, I'll take a question. Um, When we work with our school partners, their administration counselors and teachers are referring kids to us. Our team has an office in the school building. For instance, we're in Joshua Academy with a full-time Youth First Social Worker available throughout the school day to kids and families and teachers. So the administration, the counselors, the teachers can refer a young person, parents can refer a young person, a young person can refer themselves, and friends, friends of the family can refer. Uh, we, ha- we do get parental consent to see the child, so it has to be with the parent's permission. Mm hmm. Yep. Sure. Um, if there are mental health concerns that are directly the result of social media or, or uh, whatever is happening in the world of technology, that would be considered a, a mental health concern. The social supports concerns are more around um, do they have the resources that they need like the basic needs and the social skills are more around do they need to learn um, some other skills around managing their emotions or how to take care of themselves when they're Um, kind of losing it, so to speak, so they're learning social skills that will, they're learning things like just getting along with one another, resolving conflict, those kind of things would be what we consider social skills, but the anxiety, the depression, those things would all be classified as mental health concerns, and when a young person is referred to us, that's the first reason why. But the other things maybe end up leading back to mental health. You just never know. It certainly is even among adults, right? We're all addicted to our screens in, in many ways. Um, and the research is now showing, especially in young people, that it is changing how their brain is wired. And and this is why we're seeing these mental health concerns uh, really explode because this connection to devices, devices, um, is one thing because it's, it really is changing. I mean, the research is there. It's changing the way our brains are wired and not necessarily for the better. But it's also c- comparing ourselves to others. And we've got to work on developing self-confidence, uh, self-esteem, understanding that who I am is as is, is wonderful as who you are our kids' presentation today from Joshua Academy, talking about um, neurodiversity and differences. Those are all strengths, and we have to help our young people understand that. But there's a real tendency, especially using social media, for young people to compare themselves to others, especially girls, and it's leading to some serious issues. And in the schools, it's being addressed to a degree in some ways, but you know, at the same time, we're all encouraging our kids to use all the devices possible in their education, right? It's all—it's very technology-driven, and it's not always people-driven and relationship-driven and collaborative work. Um, I think the young people today showed us how they did their collaborative work. They did their research, and I'm guessing they used some of the great technology tools for their research, but they worked together. to, And and then they demonstrated to us how they can share information with other people. They welcomed us at the door, uh, made eye contact, and shook our hands. Those are all such important skills, and we're losing them. Um, with this this reliance on texting and devices. So, young people, you're showing us how it's done, and thank you so much for that.
0: Perry, uh, thank you again so much um, for everything at Youth First does. What a powerful organization and a great way to see it here. And thank you all for working through us uh, the uh, Audiovisual uh, difficulties we had. I know sometimes we see him at church. Sometimes we see him here and it's always stressful. Um, and we will have some conversations before next week uh, to see how we can improve this and make it less likely to happen in the future. Thank you for joining us for this week's program. I'm Jay Zimmer. From all of us at Midwest Communications Evansville, make it a great week.